welcome to the Hidden Wire podcast, episode 987, my interview with Joy Scott. And we're discussing her book, Magenta Nation. I hope you enjoy Hello, Joy, and welcome to the Hidden Wire podcast. Great to have you here today. Thanks. It's really great to be here. And I love listening to your accent. Australia is one of my favorite places. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Um, now, look, you've got a new book out, Magenta Nation, which is um, an interesting title for a book, actually. How did you come up with that? Well, uh, I'm in the U.S., mm. and here we talk about politics in terms of red and blue. So the idea is if you mix those two colors together, oh. you come up with purple, but magenta sounded a whole lot better. Purple Nation, Magenta <laughs> um, Nation. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, yeah. So we have, uh, it's the idea of coming together and bringing uh, very polarized viewpoints together into some common goals, common language, common directions. So what sparked your interest in writing such a book? Are you politically minded? Yes, but more so now than I have been uh, at any time since uh, my youth. Uh, And I think it's where we're coming around. You know, we've lived through some very volatile political times, uh, felt like, hey, we we got a lot accomplished here. Uh, And then and moving forward, realize, well, we're not quite there yet. And then something happens and you realize, oh, my goodness, we have so far to go. We've got to get to work. So I think like uh, many people, um, in in the U.S. anyway, had a real awakening in 2016 and the things that happened over the last four years, uh, showing us that things maybe weren't all we thought and that um, we we had, again, we just had a lot of work to do. And that has to start with talking and it has to start with truth. And it has to start with um, defining our values and probably taking a new look at how we get there. Um, the founding fathers, you know, they never envisioned social media. You know, they had no idea, of course, of the reality we'd be living in today. And so some things I think we need to be rethinking. Yeah, for sure. Your um, background is in public relations, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And that's um, much about communication, which is probably exactly. aligned with... Uh, the work here in the book, I assume, is it? Yes, absolutely. Mm. And a couple of uh, theorists that I brought in, um, one is uh, George Lazar, who uh, wrote the book, Don't Think of an Elephant. And it has to do with uh, how to communicate about controversial subjects and mm. really finding language that doesn't push buttons. And understanding, too, how people perceive information differently. Like some folks have different parts of their brains a little bit larger than others, and they tend to be a little more fearful and concerned and security-minded, where others who don't have that are uh, less fearful, less security-minded, more adventurous, if you would. And you can see that kind of breaking down often along political lines of um, groups that are really uh, concerned about losing power, about um, losing privileges, about losing security, about losing a way of life. Uh, and they get mobilized mm. uh, by people who can, who can uh, um, if you want to, uh, I guess, activate that fear. And then you have others that are trying to say, hey, you know, we can deal with this. Let's let's talk about this. Let's figure out what we need to do. 
Um, but as long as the emotions are high and the beliefs maybe aren't driven by reality, um, we're stymied. We're, we're not getting done. We're not, we're not moving forward. So looking at the communication uh, goes from there into looking at values and uh, looking at really how we perceive and how we process information, which as a communicator, of course, is, is fascinating to me. Do you think you can do that, like bring people together for an understanding? Because it seems like we're getting further and further apart with our, um, our segmentations and all that sort of thing. You know, it is, I think, one of the hardest problems I've ever tried to think about or address mm. um, because people are so isolated in their own little uh, worlds, their, their own groups, uh, and so vehement about what they believe. Um, I just saw the there's a show called uh, The Atlantic Crossing, which is about Roosevelt and Princess Martha of Norway and their friendship during World War II. And it shows the depth of how Americans at that point were were isolationist. Uh, and uh, as a, a nation, uh, we still are in mm. many, many ways. Uh, and it was only the attack on Pearl Harbor that brought people together. Sometimes it takes a real attack or a, a, a life-threatening situation to bring people together. You know, having a strong common enemy. I, I hope that it doesn't come to that. You know, I'm really hoping that if we work on this individually and it, it, as well as on a, a bigger global level, um, that um, we can we can bring us we, we we don't have to have you know a, cr a crisis of that magnitude. So um, I am hopeful, but it's going to take I think work. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it seems like it's it's always been us versus them. There's always us versus them, and mm -hmm. now nowadays I, I feel like it's us versus them, but we don't even know who we are. Mm hmm. But, you know, we've seen so much in, in even during the pandemic. Um, I hate to say there were positive things about it uh, because it was such a tragedy for so many people. Um, but it did that did, in a way, bring us together. That did touch us in a, a compassionate way, opening up our hearts. Um, and that did uh, some of the events that happened, uh, especially, again, I... I go back to the United States, but the issues around race and discrimination and uh, brutality towards certain races. Um, and we had protests all year long, and there mm. were protests all over the, the world. And I think that has shifted our consciousness. It's very hard to imagine going backwards from that. Yeah. And and the other thing we have going forward, going with for us is young people who are so smart and so woke, you know, and they're looking at this and going, what are you people thinking uh, that you would allow, you know, certain things to happen um, as they get more active? I think in, in this day and time, every single person needs to be an activist. Hmm. You know, I like so many people focused on earning a living and raising a family for a few decades. And it's like, OK, that other stuff can take care of itself. I don't have time for it. But we all need to make time for it um, in this in this day and, and age. And I, I have such confidence in young adults uh, coming up uh, in their intelligence and their sensitivity and their insight um, that if they just don't give up uh, and become active participants, that we're going to see some real change. Yeah. 
Where do we start with with all this? Do we start with the individual? Yes. And there's a, a part in the book that talks about how not only our actions but our thoughts uh, play a part in changing our reality. Hmm. There has been a, a, a lot of scientific research demonstrating that what they say, they they say consciousness is non-local, which means it doesn't just reside in our brains. Okay. It's present throughout the universe. You know, we're vibrational entities. You know, we're sending out vibrations. We can change those. You know, for example, thinking and emotions can change the the construction of water, how water crystals come together. You know, how plants and seeds respond. Yeah. Uh, even experiments with prayer to areas of conflict in the world that can, and then as a result, that conflict decreases. Um, We're only beginning to understand this, Hmm. but we know it has an impact. So if we are visioning the kind of world that we want uh, and doing that with confidence and gratitude that it is already manifesting, we are putting into uh, action forces. We may not completely understand them, but we know they're there, and we need to harness them for good. And having a, a stillness practice every day, there's also been some research showing that that is really necessary to good health, just like eating a healthy diet, uh, getting your sleep, doing your exercise. You know, We need to chill out, and mm. mindfulness is very popular right now, which um, – is is a, one way to do that, um, but also meditation and uh, spiritual contemplation of um, using that to tune in to a higher power, um, if that's uh, how we we see that that universe. Um, and the visioning and the meditation are just so uh, powerful in changing the world and changing ourselves. And as we do that, we become compassionate. Uh, more compassionate. Mm. There, uh, there's also uh, been some research showing that compassion is an evolutionary advantage. That is that um, societies that can uh, experience and express that uh, do better than those that do not, that, that have no empathy or little empathy. Mm. And now more than ever, we need an evolutionary advantage. Absolutely. So what, is, um, what, what does your practice look like? as far as meditation and and having that silence. Yeah, well, that's another blessing for me of the pandemic because I've struggled for years to get into a regular practice. Mm. And suddenly I wasn't going anywhere. I wasn't traveling for business and my, I had a routine. So, um, initially I was doing it before I went to bed or as I went to bed. Um, uh, but the lure of the (laughs) sleep was pretty strong. So I started doing it in the morning mm. and I get up, I get ready, I come out here, I sit down, I turn on my music and uh, I have some prayers and affirmations that I say. Um, but uh, it, it is also just the, the, the stillness and the tuning in and you know allowing the higher power to uh, be present with me. And I say every day, I have everything within me to do what I may need to do today which is a great confidence builder. Um, and also I do the visioning of seeing uh, this is, you know, I see us coming together. I see the dissonance gone. You know, I see the polarity gone and give thanks that this is 
happening now Hmm. and that we are coming together now. Not that I want it to happen in the future, but it's now. Um, And I think putting energy into that is uh, and putting that that thought and that spiritual energy behind it is creative. If we were so many people did that, even a small group, what a huge transformation we would be seeing. And if a large group does it, it's unstoppable. Yeah, I think for the individual's life generally, like having some sort of meditation, mindfulness practice, affirmations and visualizations would be good. Um, Do you do that for a a period of time? Like you sit there on your floor or, or, you know, what does it look like? I'm sitting in a chair Mm -hmm. and I have my little affirmation cards right there so I can read them. I have my music going. Um, and sometimes it's very short, you know, we're really busy today. It's hard to sit, uh, with, I'm with, when I'm with a group and I belong to a couple groups that do this, you know, we go 20 minutes. Hmm. Um, but myself, it's maybe five or 10 depending on how, how early I've been able to rouse myself out of bed and how many appointments I have and what time that day. But even the five minutes, even it, it just makes such a difference. Do you do you just have like a focus on breath, like a mindfulness sort of practice, or is it transcendental meditation? Um, well, I use a, a procedure. Um, I've been reading about Edgar Casey for all my life. I don't hmm. know if you're familiar with no. that name. He was a, a, a very well known uh, psychic. Um, he passed away in 1945. He was a mystic. And most of his readings dealt with health. People came to him when they had illnesses that nobody could figure out. And he was incredibly um, accurate. And his um, uh, readings have been used by medical practitioners. I worked at such a facility um, in my 20s. Um, and he really had the concept of holistic medicine. He was the first to say uh, if, uh, that uh, he said spirit is the life force, mind is the builder, and the physical is the result. So he really took a very holistic approach. Um, But it also was about spirituality and how to become a spiritual person and uh, guidance about uh, for small groups who wanted to work together to study. People said, how can I be more psychic? How can I be like you? And his uh, reading said, first become spiritual. Um, And then the, the intuition will follow. So in the meditation process, it's it starts out with the head and neck exercises, which people are familiar with. They're very common in yoga practice. Yeah. Um, and then some breathing, uh, in and out breathing through the, the nostrils. Um, then uh, a prayer of protection, the Lord's Prayer, um, and uh, then uh, an affirmation, a little saying, here I am, Lord, send me and use me, or, you know, you can pick whatever you want. And then the meditation time. Um, and then, uh, and some people like music with that. I love music. It helps me really focus. Um, I also have a little um, uh, gong, <laughs> yeah, nice. I guess we would call it, that is a beautiful chime. And then coming out of the meditation is sending that energy as prayer to those who need it and doing that visioning um, and then ending with the 23rd Psalm. So You do that visioning about bringing people together and then seeing it come together. Is that right? That's right. 
I mean, I don't know. Is that something that you think everyone will want to be doing? Like, you know, it's obviously something that you're very passionate about, but. Yes. Uh, and maybe maybe other people, you know, obviously I don't think anyone wants to be so segmented and, and us against them, but they probably don't think about it either in that sense and, and maybe therefore mm-hmm. won't want to be sitting there visualizing that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, it may be that we are um, taking the right steps to reverse climate change. It may be that we are doing what we need to do to uh, create a healthy earth. Um, It may be sending peaceful thoughts to areas in the world that are having conflict. It could really be um, anything that uh, you choose. And I've done an exercise with groups of setting the ideal for the world. Um, (coughs) Excuse me. This is also from the the Casey material, but setting a spiritual ideal Hmm. for yourself. What is it that you want to manifest in the world? You know, is it is it love? Is it faith? Is it justice? Is it compassion? And then if you believe that, then what kind of attitudes do you have that express it? And what kind of actions do you take? Yeah. And I do a workshop that is uh, starts with uh, uh, doing that for the world. You know, if we had an ideal world, what would the spiritual quality be that was manifested everywhere? Mm. Uh, what would be the attitudes that people everywhere would have and what would people be doing? How would they live so that we have a vision and it may be different for every single individual. You know, we have a vision of the ideal world that we want to have and the ideal life that we want to have. Um, and that is, uh, what goes into that person's visioneering exercise. It's their vision. Yeah. Do you think, you know, again, about that higher frequency you talk about by doing that and having that sort of frequency within that sort of vibrates out there and and just helps other people catch on to that? Is that how it works? Yes. Yes, it does. Um, And there are people meditating, you know, all over, everywhere. Hmm. Uh, More and more people are doing that. I I read somewhere it's like 20% of people have some kind of practice like that now. Hmm. Um. And it's growing all the time. Um, And the mindfulness movement has been very instrumental in that uh, to, uh, you know, introduce the idea of, uh, you know, stopping, you know, focusing, listening to your inner self. It's very Buddhist in a way. Yeah. Um, And uh, so that is definitely growing. And um, uh, I expect it will continue to do so. So beyond um, beyond a, a mindfulness practice individually, uh, what else can the individual do to help this coming together of of, of ideas and uh, to stop this segmentation and this this tribalism? Mm-hmm. First of all, figure out what's going on. I mean, it's very easy to just ignore it all to mm, agree. Yeah. Uh, but as I say, everybody needs to be somewhat of an activist and be educated. I, I did a I do a podcast on called Magenta Nation that takes controversial issues and just kind of lays out information about them. So people can listen to that and say, okay, based on this information, this is what I think and this is what I want. Um, so that they can begin to have informed opinions, um, being open to uh, uh, perspectives uh, other than yourself and when other than yours, mm-hmm. and when people differ, and this is maybe one of the hardest things to do, is listen. Yeah. 
Um, we tend to react uh, emotionally and judgmentally. It's like, why do you think that? How could that possibly be? Don't you know? Um, and just to listen and, and do what I call a five whys exercise. Oh, that's interesting. Why, why, why do, what makes you think that? Hmm. Um, and then the person says, well, okay, tell me more about that. You know, what, what makes you think that? And just kind of keep going and you get to the core value that that person has, uh, that's behind that. Um, you know, and it may be again, fear or a concern, um, and if you, you say you get to that and it's, well, what if we could deal with that maybe by doing this or doing that and just proposing some other ideas, um, uh, in an, again, using the non-threatening or non-button pushing language yeah. just to open up to different ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'll tell you an example. I had a, a family member that I actually went on a trip with and I, we, we've known each other, obviously, all our lives, and a wonderful person, but very, very different views to me uh, than I have on politics and, and uh, 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 <laughs> the the, uh, the way the world should be run. Yep. Um, and I didn't even realize that. And as we got started talking, I found myself reacting to a couple of things. It's like, what? You know, no. Yeah. And now I... I think back on it and I go, that was the totally wrong way to, um, to do, to, to interact. You know, I, I wish that I had been more patient and, and, uh, just listened, just listened. Hmm. Um, and I think we could have come together and we didn't fight or argue, but we just stopped talking. And, um, I think it would have been a wonderful opportunity to maybe begin to move closer, um, on some of the things that we, we, uh, both hold dear. What do you think is the cause for us um, creating this? There's such competitive differences that we have right now. Well, on the macro level, and this is my personal opinion, I think we are involved in a huge shift uh, in our society here where we've had a world order uh, where basically white men, rich white men, were at the top of the of the heap, so to speak, and all of these other groups are rising, and so it's just creating a lot of conflict uh, of not wanting to recognize that, not even seeing that it's happening, um, seeing that uh, people feeling they're losing privilege. Um, and not liking that. Um, and so it, it's an opportunity for P, uh, leaders and demagogues, you know, um, to come in and whip that up into a frenzy and uh, gain power and more wealth. So I, my personal opinion is that's the root of it. Um, and that uh, as we change and become a more compassionate people, uh, we're going to come out with a much better society, but right now um, it's hard. It's hard to see that because, again, um, we're still kind of run to a degree, you know, based on power rather than cooperation. So it's a huge change in the world order that we're experiencing right now. Why, why so do you see that? Why do you conflict? see that shift? I mean, obviously, there's that conflict, and if there's that conflict, how can we become more compassionate people if we're so? involved in that us versus them conflict. Mm. 
Well, first of all, as we were talking about, it starts with the individual and groups of people. Uh, a great book that I love is The Eight Laws of Social Change by mm. Stephen Schwartz. And um, it he has studied all these social movements and found that they are usually started by a tiny little group of people, like the Quakers, uh, who started the abolitionist movement and the um, rights to vote for women. They were a tiny little group. Um, but it only and it only takes 10 percent of a culture or a society to change to change the whole culture. You reach a tipping point. 10% is not that much. Um, I think we are well on our way there. Um, mm. And I don't see a lot of the people who have been woke, quote unquote, um, over the last couple of years ever going back to being asleep again. Yeah. Um, so we have a trajectory going on and okay. we need we need to keep it going. And that's how these, these changes are, are going to become permanent. So you think there'll be a balance of power or power will just go all together and will just be a... A cooperative? You know, I I do believe that if we're going to survive as a species, that's where we need to go. Mm. Mm. Yeah, because when you look at our world today, I mean, there was colonialism, there's nationalism, and you know what's behind that all? All of that is is power and and wealth and the desire to get as much as possible for yourself. And as we change and become a more compassionate and cooperative people, race, species, if you would, um, we will want to do things differently. Now, I don't see this happening in spite of my visioneering tomorrow, although I'd be thrilled <laughs> if it did. Um, but um, we all have our part to do. And it starts with being clear and setting in motion uh, those uh, powers that influence our environment and then taking action. You know, to, uh, going back to the, the book, it talks about the quotidian choices. Uh, everything that you do should be in line with your values. Mm. You know, if you want a sustainable planet, every single decision you make needs to be guided by that goal. Yeah. Uh, and if we start doing that and also sharing our own choices, um, we get other people involved. And again, it's all at sort of the grassroots level. Um, and that's how, uh, you know, um, political movements are started and become successful and social change happens. Um, it's at that, at that basis, it's a group of people who start like a snowball and it gets bigger and bigger. So with your book, what is one message we can leave people with today that you'd like them to take away from our conversation, but also your book? Sure. It's that we can change the world and we need to do it now. And we need to take personal responsibility for uh, determining what we want and then making that a reality. Hmm. It's really not a an option to kind of just be asleep and drift along. Uh, if we do that, it's almost as if we're doing something negative. I mean, we all need to uh, take uh, take action. Um, and it's, uh, it's in our hands. Wake up. Yes. Love it. Joy, I'm going to stick the links in the show notes, uh, for your book. So it is available on Amazon, uh, yes, Magenta Nation. Now you've got a, um, a website there, magentanation.com. Yes. It's magenta hyphen 
Nation.com. Magenta-nation.com. And yes. anywhere else people can reach you or are they the best places at the moment? That's the best place at the moment, yes. Oh, and the, the website has the book, the podcast, the blog, uh, some other books along yes. the theme of, of forgiveness and some remote events. What's going on in your life? Thank you, Joy. I really appreciate you coming on today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you very much. Guys listening, episode 987 at com. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose to see Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope you love what you're hearing. If you like this episode, guys, or any of the episodes that you're listening to here at The Hidden Why, please do me a favor by sharing it. You can share it with your families. You can share it with your loved ones. You can do that by using your favorite social media channels using the icons on the platform that you're listening to The Hidden Why podcast. Also, guys, if you're a fan of the show, please connect with me. Connect with me at thehiddenwide.com. I love to hear from you. I love to converse with the people that listen to this show to find out what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, and perhaps if they have any questions or feedback for the show as well. You can stay up to date with all that I'm releasing here, guys. I do a solo show every Monday, a three-minute thought every Thursday. I do two interviews a week on a Wednesday and a Saturday, and a book review every Friday. You can stay up to date with all that by subscribing to my newsletter at thehiddenwire.com. Just enter your email address there, and also subscribing to the podcast on the platform that you choose to listen to your podcast. You can also support the show, guys, by using the Amazon links at thehiddenwire.com. So if you like books, you can get all the books that I review there um, and anything else, really, that you like to purchase through Amazon. So use that link. It helps support the show. And we've also got a deal with Audible, guys. Audible is a fantastic way to listen to all your favorite books. We've got a deal with them so you can get two free books when you subscribe or, yeah, subscribe to a 30-day free trial. So check that out, again, at thehiddenwire.com. Guys, that's it from me. You know what to do. Go out there. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose and in doing so you will discover your hidden why this is the hidden why my name is lee manutzi until next time peace passion and purpose see you soon